0: Hey gang, welcome back to the Help My Marketing podcast where we help make you a better marketer. Now this week, we're changing it up a little bit and we've got a giveaway. It was a bit of a spontaneous thing that happened towards the end of the podcast and we've got a copy of Debbie O'Connor's book, Brand Magic, which is going to be a signed limited edition copy in a little velvet case and we're going to give it away to someone who tells us what little nugget of gold they got out of this edition of the podcast. So listen through and drop us a message through one of our social media channels at Orbit Marketing and let us know what little nugget of gold you took out of the podcast and then we'll choose one of those people at random and we'll give them a copy of Debbie O'Connor's book. So the key is you've got to listen through and you've got to find something that resonates with you. There's no, there's no trick to this. There's no particular piece that we're looking for. It's just got to be something that resonated with you that you feel like you can implement. Let us know. Let us know on one of our social channels and we'll give away a book to, at random to one of the people who lets us know. Hey gang, welcome back. You're listening to episode 11 of the Help My Marketing podcast and today we've got a super special guest that I'm really, really excited about. We're joined by award-winning brand strategist, speaker, author, Debbie O'Connor, who's worked with brands like Westfield, describes herself as creating Kelpies, not sheep, and we are going to be talking about branding. Debbie O'Connor, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, Simon, thank you so much for having me. This is my favorite topic.
0: I know, and you and I, in complete transparency, have known each other for a number of years, and we've had conversations about this and, and many other topics lots of times, and the reason that I asked you if you would join us on the show is you are so passionate About this, Apart from the fact that you're so knowledgeable about it and you've got so much great experience, you're just so passionate and you love it. And that's the kind of thing that I want on this show. And they're the people that I want talking to our listeners, people who do what they do because they love it, right? All of us do – the money that we make out of our businesses is important, right? But we could make money doing lots of stuff. We make it doing – yeah, we make it doing the thing that we do because we love it. And so that's why – I wanted to ask you to come on and share some of your wisdom. But before we jump into that stuff, it's impossible to have you on the show without acknowledging the fact that you celebrated 20 years in business this year. Is that right?
1: I did. I don't know if I need a medal or if I need to be committed. So it's it's a massive milestone. I'm very <laughs> proud of it. But gee, it's been it's been a long time in the industry. So I think I know a few tips and tricks that I can share with everyone.
0: Yeah, you're hundred percent too. But we we're, we're um we're celebrating five years this month, and that feels like a long time. So twenty years is such an epic achievement. Um, so congratulations, Deb. It's brilliant, and 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 it's incredible to see what you've done and what you've achieved and the business that you've built. So, um, congratulations. And I think you celebrated with some time away because I was super jealous seeing some of your photos.
1: I did, and look, I I guess you know the ultimate when people. Um, try and describe what success is for me it's not about money in the bank it was the fact that I've had to I, well I've been able to take seven weeks off on holiday this year and I still have a business running that I can come back to
0: ah, stop it <laughs> good on you um, and that's what it's about hey it, it's about yeah it's about having a business that serves us not about the money in the bank, but what that money allows us to do for, to show up for our families the way that we want, to help our community the way that we want. And, and I guess another reason that, that you and I are sort of friends, I guess, is that we have those kind of shared values. So I love hearing that. Um, so on that, tell us a little bit about the story. How did you get to where you are now?
1: Well, I guess it has to start with the fact that I have a different accent to you. Um, I am South African. (laughs) I uh, grew up in apartheid South Africa. And I grew up in a little bush town on the border of the world-famous Kruger National Park. So while kids in Sydney were off at the beaches surfing, I was in the bush checking out elephant and lion and rhino. And um, I, I grew up in this amazing community and in fact... My family still live there. Most of my family still live in my hometown of White River, which is why I've called my business White River Design. It's that little piece of home that I get to have with me each and every day when I'm here in Australia. But the interesting thing when growing up in apartheid South Africa is that we actually had sanctions placed on us, um, and for good reason. But it also meant that, you know, we grew up without any McDonald's. There was no Nike's. No Snickers, no Mars bars, no Pepsi. And yet somehow, as a young girl in the African bush, I actually still knew about these brands. And that goes to show the power of branding because people would go overseas, they would experience these brands, and they would come back with these amazing stories or they would be sporting these very sexy sneakers while the rest of us were wearing our <laughs> Dunlop Bollies. Um, you I know, don't
0: Dunlop <laughs> Bollie. I
1: know they've come back into fashion. If right? you wait long enough, it all comes back again. Um, but the reality is that, you know, um, part of that branding element were these stories and the reputation that these brands have built. And people are astounded when I tell them that I was 21 years old before I had my very first McDonald's burger. So, yeah. you know, it's in today's day and age, it's quite a strange concept for people to think about. But that is, I think, where my initial spark or interest in branding started, that amazement that, you know, even though these Businesses were not advertising in our country. We had nothing on our TV, uh, no adverts, no uh, billboards, no newspaper, magazine adverts for any of these products because we couldn't buy them. So these mm. businesses weren't spending money advertising to us. Yes, yeah. I still actually knew about them.
0: Yeah, right. So that's um, it, it's a really nice kind of segue into some of the things that I wanted to ask you about. Good work, Deb. Um, You've you've done that (laughs) bit for me. We talk about brands. We talk about having a brand and and building a brand and the importance of a brand. I think fundamentally, though, there's not a great understanding amongst business owners and even amongst marketers of what a brand actually is. So how do you describe a brand? What is it? It's almost an intangible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? You've hit the nail on the head. They're even graphic designers who have no idea what branding is. They simply think that, you know, you design a logo and slap it on everything. Whoop, there you go. There's your branding done. That's not branding. You know, your logo and and coming from a designer, I am a designer by profession, by trade. Um, That's what I started as. I'm now a brand strategist. But really, I started in graphic design. And um, coming from a graphic designer, for me to tell you that your logo is not the important part of your brand is a big statement, but it is the truth. The reality is that your brand, your your logo is just a tiny little piece of your brand. Okay, It's important because we are such visual creatures. Mm -hmm. We like to see something, to be able to attach a visual to something. So yes, it is important, but it's not the main thing. Um, I like to say to people, apples don't sell computers. Mm -hmm. You don't buy your phone or your watch or your computer because it has an apple on it. The apple simply tells you where to buy it and who owns it. You buy the computer or the phone because of the innovation, because of Mm. the forward thinking, because of the beautiful design and how it syncs your entire life. And it makes you as the consumer look progressive. That's why you buy it. And so when it comes to branding, There are so many different elements to branding. And, you know, when I look at it, I say that there are things like it's your brand promise. It's what you stand for. Mm
0: -hmm. It's your
1: purpose. It's how you want to treat people. It's the the memories, the memories that you make for your customers. It's that gut feeling that they have about choosing you opposed to choosing your competitor. It is your reputation. And so if you look at your brand as how you build a reputation, you have a much better understanding of what makes up a brand.
0: Yeah, it's, um, I'm, I'm actually reading, um, it starts with, or start with why by Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek, I've, I love I've, it. I've re- yeah, I've read bits of it from time to time, but I'm kind of really entrenched in it at the moment. Um, and, and Apple is one of the examples that he holds up as being a really powerful brand, which started with... Why? Why do we do what it is that we do? Um, and I was thinking about it because, you know, we're, we're Apple converts in this house. Everything we have is, is Apple. and I But I don't know why, apart from the fact that there's just this emotional connection to that brand. I want to buy whatever it is because it's Apple. And not just that, I want to buy the best one.
1: Absolutely. I could, and- could I get
0: that product that does something similar for a quarter of the price? Probably but I wouldn't feel happy about it, you know? So I guess that, and that's the power of the brand, isn't it? Is is that connection that people have to it and their willingness to pay for that.
1: Yeah, and they see value in that. They see the fact that these are beautifully designed products, that there is more to it than simply having a phone. Let's, let's look at Apple as far as, um, you know, I love brand personalities, okay? I always like to start with the personality. So while Simon Sinek says start with why, I think we actually need to start with who, because it's very hard to understand what your why is if you don't know who you are as a person or a brand, you know, when you're trying to find your purpose in the world. Um, Starting with why is very, very difficult, but if you understand who you are and how you're wanting to uh, appear in this world and be in this world and improve this world, it makes your why a lot easier to find. So when we take a look at Apple as an example, Apple is very much the creator brand personality. They're innovative, they're forward thinking, they're progressive, they're thinking outside the box, they're thinking differently differently. That's yeah. how they came up with their amazing slogan. But what it does is it attaches those same attributes to the people who buy that brand. People resonate with that. People go, oh yes, this is what I, w- it makes me feel good because yeah. of all those different elements to it, which maybe Samsung just doesn't get there.
0: The, yeah, absolutely. Um, you've, you've almost jumped ahead a little bit for, for what I wanted to talk about, but but that's, that's, that's cool. Um, You mentioned brand personality. I wanted to ask you about that because I know that's something that that we've kind of done for our business a little while ago. So I wonder if brand personalities change over time or if our interpretation of them changes over time. It's, um, you know, we need to do that again. But what is a brand personality? You mentioned one of them, but just kind of take us through what a brand personality is.
1: All right. So I should start by saying that there are 12 personalities. I use Carl Jung's 12 archetypes. So um, I should say from the beginning, I did not make up these 12 archetypes. Someone far cleverer than me did that. So Jung was a philosopher and psychologist in the early 1900s. And he studied hundreds of personalities. And he determined that there were these 12 key personality, these archetypes that kept popping up. And the amazing thing about all of these archetypes is that we actually already subconsciously know and understand every single one of them. So if I were to say to you, an innocent maiden, a heroic prince, a ruler over all the land and a wise old woman, I bet you have conjured up in your mind not only what they look like, but also the personality traits that apply to each one. And I bet you a million dollars right now that that innocent maiden does not have short, black, spiky hair covered in tattoos, <laughs> walking down the street, kicking over bins and swearing at people, right? Your brain is going, no. But if I say to you, that is the rebel, mm-hmm. you go, oh yeah, I totally get fits that. fits perfectly. Exactly. Now imagine the power of building a brand with these attributes from these personalities that we already know and understand that we can subconsciously start to connect our brand with our customer through the language and tone that we use, through the experiences that we create, through the colors that we use, the fonts that we use from a visual perspective. And we put all of this together into an amazing culture that creates this brand essence. Now that is super powerful.
0: Yeah, wow. So there's there's a lot there. Right? There's a lot of information there. There's a lot of different moving parts to that. And so if if I'm a, a business owner, right? So thinking about our audience who are listening to our podcast, if I'm a business owner, firstly, I'm an established business owner and I've got, let's say a logo, let's not say a brand, right? Let's say I've got a logo. I think I've got a brand and I'm listening to this thinking, wow, there's so much to that. It's kind of overwhelming. Where do I even start? Where do I start?
1: Yeah, okay. I, I always like to start with a personality. And the reason why I like to start there, it's such a wonderful framework to build everything on top of. It's quite easy to get your head around it. So, for example, if you were the caregiver brand personality, it makes sense that the colours you choose are soft and gentle mm-hmm. because as a caregiver, you're soft, gentle, nurturing, kind, altruistic all of those amazing attributes so you would then choose colors that go along with that the language and tone you would create for your brand would emphasize all of those attributes so I've actually built a website called brandpersonalities.com and people can hop on there they can find out a lot of this information there is an online quiz that they can play that they can it takes you through it now it's a it's an online quiz it's not a silver bullet Normally, when I'm doing a consultation one-on-one with a a, a client, it can take us up to an hour to uncover what the personality of the brand is. Because there are a couple of challenges that people face. Number one, they normally go towards words that they feel a connection with. So it's normally their personality. Mm. And I'm saying to people, if you're building a brand, you don't really want to build a brand on your own personality. Because if you grow a team, it's very hard for your team to try and be you. And so, if you build a brand that has its own personality, then it's so much easier for people to come to work each day, put the persona of the brand on, and know the language and tone that they're going to bring to the brand. And I'll give you an example Richard Branson and Virgin. Richard Branson is his personal brand is what we would call the explorer. He's a bit of a thrill seeker. You know, yeah. he's self-motivated, self-directed, out there exploring, pioneering, doing things that are, are bringing like this newness to his life and doing new things. He wants to go to the moon. You know, he, yeah. he loves that type of adrenaline junkie stuff. Yeah. However, virgin is, I mean, virgin. That name back in the 80s, shock, horror, oh my yeah. God, what are you doing? You're calling a business you can't virgin? say that in
0: polite you society.
1: <laughs> exactly. So they're the rebel personality. They're shaking up the, the status quo. They're doing things differently, constantly disrupting different industries all the mm-hmm. time. You can see how they are completely separate. Yeah. And they can bring both of their amazingness at the same time. But they are
0: completely different brands yeah right it's um it, it's funny to hear you talk about you know um, the brand personality and the team being able to put on that persona i was listening to a podcast last week and ryan dice was being interviewed and i don't know if you know ryan dice but he's from digitalmarketer.com and he, he built a number of really successful businesses over time and the personality so the the attributes about him personally that people are attracted to when he's building his business, they're the first things that he looks for when he's building a team. He's like, I can teach that person the skills, but they need to embody the personality of this business if they're going to be forward-facing because because of that exact reason like those personality traits are so important and whatever it was that attracted people to him to the brand in the first place is either going to be, attract them to his team members or push them away so yeah those traits those personality traits are the first thing that he looks for when he's hiring and the skills we can teach but they've got to be able to fit into our brand to start with
1: oh it. And it's so powerful, you know, it, it literally infuses into every area of your business. And so mm. it becomes very strongly part of your culture, which is why he would be looking at that personality yeah. attribute and go, okay, is this a good cultural fit? Because mm. you don't want to actually attract the wrong people to your brand as far as customers are concerned. So why would you want to attract the wrong people as part of your team? It's, it's uh, very powerful to use this as a base.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and that was kind of his point. He's like, people are attracted to these personality traits to start with. If I'm going to step back and stop being the face of the business and have the brand be the face of the business, then everybody's got to embody that.
1: 100%.
0: So, okay. So then it's entrenched. It's ingrained into the very DNA of our business, if I've built up a business over a period of time and I've got customers and it's all running and it's all happening, but I'm thinking I don't have a clearly defined brand, is it ever too late to think whatever is in place now isn't right, I want to fix this, is, that, is, it, is it doable?
1: Oh, 100%. It's, it's never too late. So I think that that's a really important message to, to tell. Now, there's a fundamental difference between business and brand. Business is simply transactions, all right? So you've been able to get your business to a certain stage, transacting, everything's going well. What we found during COVID is that a lot of businesses could no longer transact. And so their businesses went under. This is where brands actually came to the forefront because branding is about connection. Branding is about resonating with people and so it's more than simply making a transaction. So if businesses have been able to build up to a certain level, purely on the transactional basis, they will hit a certain stage where that's not going to be enough anymore. If they want to take it to the next level, they really need to build a brand. They need to create that connection piece. And so this is where they would sit down and go, right, now we need a strategy to move us forward in how we're going to start really connecting, really resonating with people, really making an impact in their lives. Remember, branding is not about you. It's about mm. them and what they think of you. Yeah. And so it's all in their minds, the process of branding, having the strategy, putting that all in place to go, okay, this is what we want people to think about us. And creating a synergy all the way through so that by the time they experience our brand what we're saying and what they're experiencing is the same thing. What we don't want is to tell people that it's so easy to work with us, this is fantastic you know and yet the outcome when they do work with us it's hard, it's clunky, it's difficult, they're following us up, they're never having their phone calls returned, emails are going unanswered, the experience does not match the message right and so that is what we then need to create a strategy around to make sure that what we are saying and what we are doing is creating the synergy and that is what ultimately creates the brand in the mind of the customer to say this is your reputation remember we go back to that reputation piece Mm -hmm. if you are dropping the ball your reputation is damaged If you are not delivering on what you say, your reputation is damaged. And so it's never too late. It's about sitting down, creating a really rock-solid strategy Mm -hmm. so that you and your entire team know from the start, the message you send, all the way through to every single little touch point that you have in your business, that the outcome is what the customer actually experiences.
0: So then is it almost easier... To, to go through that process once you have been in business for a little while and you've got a bit more information about who your customers are and what you're doing and, you know, what it is you do that resonates with people so you've got information to work with to build that brand?
1: Well, I'm going to say that depends. If you, <laughs> <Good> have, <answer. laughs> if you have really good customers that you love, that work really well with you, they value what you do, they pay you on time. You know those great
0: customers that we all want? Totally, the A customers, yeah.
1: Yes, then I'd say absolutely, having that history and that knowledge is very powerful. However, if you've got terrible customers, they don't value you, they quibbling about price all the time, they delay paying you, they waste your time, you don't actually want those customers. Then Mm. I'd say, well, no, you don't want to attract more of them. (laughs) Mm. So it's about looking at it going, hang on, who are my A customers? Who are the people that love and value what I do? Because branding is about the attraction, right? Branding is about bringing people to you, attracting them to you because they love how you do what you do. Marketing, on the other hand, is about the push. It's about getting the message out there. We want to get it out there to everyone, right? Now, we need the two to work in synergy because the message that we're sending out there needs to attract the right people. So there is this beautiful connection that needs to happen between branding and marketing, and we need to make sure that we are attracting those A clients, those people that love what we do. They're going to tell everyone about us. They're gonna sing our praises. And when people do wanna talk shit about us, they're the ones that go, ah, it doesn't sound right to me. Yeah. No, that's not my experience. So they actually become your best defense against your naysayers, against the competitors, against the people who are trying to bring you down. Your yeah. brand is what is going to stand you in good stead.
0: It's like your Captain America shield.
1: Yes, love it.
0: <laughs> Um, okay. So then if we're thinking about the importance of a brand, it's partly about how people see you, how they perceive you, how they think about you, your reputation. Um, but for those people who are out there, those businesses who are out there are thinking, well, things are actually going okay. You know, I've got customers, I'm making money, things are okay. But having a well-defined brand is going to help you attract more of the right customers, those customers you really want to deal with. We all talk about, Working less, working smarter, making more money, serving less customers who are willing to pay more. This is the importance of a brand, yeah.
1: Yes, and you know you can't just you can't just click your fingers and have a brand in like a month or two. Mm. If you work with a very good strategist, yes, it can look as though your brand has been around for a lot longer. But I want to give an example of uh, pre-COVID. So everyone knows Quilton as a toilet paper brand, mm-hmm. right? And they in every supermarket that you can get. However, there is another Australian brand called Who Gives a Crap. Yeah, love it. They, their branding is amazing. And if if any of these listeners have not seen anything about Who Gives a Crap, hop on their website. Um, they basically, it's a toilet paper brand. They do toilet paper. But the toilet paper is created through sustainable means. 50% of the profits from this particular organization go to creating uh, sanitary uh, environments in third world countries. Their blog is called Toilet Talk, or oh, no, it's Talking Crap. Sorry, it's called Talking Crap. <laughs>
0: yeah. um,
1: their toilet paper comes a marketer's wrapped dream. in. It's a marketer's dream, right? And and their toilet paper comes wrapped in paper, mm. so that there's less plastic waste. And yeah. on every wrapping, they've got little bits of tidbits of information about. You know, funny things that you can read when you're on the toilet, right? So everything about their brand is so engaging. Now, Mm. when COVID happened and you went into the supermarkets and there were no longer any toilet paper because some crazy, craze thing, everyone said stock up on toilet paper. People turned to brands like Who Gives a Crap. In fact, Who Gives a Crap sold out within days, because people went right, this is a brand that I know. It's a toilet brand. They're doing amazing things. I'm going straight to them. Yeah. This business absolutely flourished during COVID. Not so much because of the product. Yes, everyone wanted the product, but because they had already started cementing themselves as a business that gave a crap. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. now, when a crisis is happening. Immediately, you start to think of businesses that are doing things differently, and so who gives a crap did insanely well during COVID, and still to this day does incredibly well.
0: And I love that example um, because that's us. We switched from Quilton to Who Gives a Crap, uh, even though the so Quilton right, even though the Quilton stuff's super soft and really nice. It yeah. was the sustainability, um, I guess, element of their brand. It was what they stood for was why we bought from them, right? It was the starting with why. It was the sustainability and the fact that they did give a crap in a world that, you know, seems not to. Um, So I I love that example, Deb. And, yeah, we're, you know, hold us up as the example, you know. Yeah,
1: and uh, I've got a co-working space and we we totally switched to who gives a crap because not only were we being able to minimise our footprint on this world, and be able to help people in third world countries just through our purchasing, right? We haven't changed anything else, our purchasing, um, and they delivered it to us. Even better, we didn't even have to go to the supermarket to do it. So everything became so much easier, so much better going through with their brand.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I love it. And so I guess that kind of is a a nice um, way to open the conversation about something you mentioned previously, which is brand promise. Mm. Explain that. What's a brand promise and, and why do I need one?
1: Yeah, look, I love a good brand promise. And the reason being is because as business owners, one of the first things, you speak to any business coach, one of the first things they say to you is focus on your mission and your vision. You need to know where the brand, your business is going and what you want to be able to achieve. But the reality is that's all about you. As a business owner, it's what you want to achieve for your business. A brand promise, we are actually flipping the narrative and we're making it about the customer. Remember, your brand is not about you, it's about your customer and what they think of you. So by creating a brand promise, what you do is you look at the entire environment and go, okay, what are their key pain points? What are the things that we can promise them to alleviate any questions that they might have? about using our business. So I'll give you an example with White River Design. We have learned over the years that so many people are really nervous about, well, if what if I spend all of this money and I don't like it? That is a really big pain point for them. Yeah, and so for sure. our promise is that we will create a brand that you can be proud of. I don't need you to like it. I want you to be proud of it. Because if you are proud, it comes from your gut. You know, and if you're proud of it, you're going to sell this to the entire world, right? And so there's more of an emotion to, attached to pride than simply like. And so that is my promise to customers that we will create you a brand that, brand that you're proud of. Another example that I have is a, a, a group that we were working with. They are a not-for-profit and they deal with our youth in crisis. Kids aged from 12 to 24. Mm-hmm. And... This organization, they're amazing. They can provide uh, food, um, you know hot meals, a place to have a shower, a safe space in the afternoon when kids are after school. They do have houses where people can get accommodation. Um, they have uh, even bailout services for this youth in crisis. Right. And so when we were brainstorming this whole thing, you know these kids from 12 to 24, that's a very big different age group. And so their challenges were very diverse. Now, when when they were going through all of this, they were saying things like, you know, that unfortunately if someone was having a really difficult time at home, maybe there was some kind of abuse or whatever the situation, they couldn't promise the child um, a bed for the night. They couldn't promise that. They couldn't promise that they would never have a difficult situation at home ever again me, <coughs> they couldn't promise anything like that. Mm-hmm. But when we nutted down the, the big problems that were happening in these children's lives, they felt that whether they were at home with their parents, their friends at school, their teachers, they weren't being heard. No one was listening. Mm-hmm. So when we looked at this organization and said, hang on, could you promise to listen? could that be a key element for what you do? Because you often find that if someone has a problem and they simply talk it out, it can solve so many problems Mm. just in talking. And they said, you know what, yes we can. So now their brand promises, we listen. It's as simple as that, we listen. So now from the receptionist, all the way through to every caseworker to the CEO, if a child wants to talk, they have absolute categorical permission to stop everything that they're doing yeah. and simply listen.
0: So, that's, so And that's really powerful, isn't it? And I think that's really important. So your brand promise needs to be, one, something that's genuinely important to your ideal customer, whoever it is that you serve or that you want to serve. Promise them something that's important to them. Be sure it's something that you're in control of something that you internally can control and then make sure you deliver on that at every level of your business. Every level
1: and every single day. And you've nailed it. And the thing is that sometimes your brand promise needs to stretch you. It needs to make you accountable for your delivery every single day to your customer. Because if it's too easy, you become complacent with it. Mm. But if you have to bring it every day, if you have to stretch yourself, because making a promise to someone that's binding there's something really special about a promise you know you don't ever want to break it so what it means that you need one promise you don't need five because (laughs) five honestly you get you're going to drop the ball on something right and that's going to damage your reputation but if you have one promise that you deliver on each and every day you make sure that everybody is on top of that one thing and if they need to drop everything To
0: deliver on that, that is okay. Yeah, yeah. I I love that. I love the accountability of that. Everybody in our business needs to know what our promise is. So for those of you guys listening out there in podcast land, what's your brand promise? And does everyone in your business have permission to do whatever it takes to deliver on that? That's what's going to build your reputation. That's why people are going to want to work with you. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's one nugget of gold right there. Absolutely, I
1: agree. I think it's so powerful.
0: Yeah, I love that. Okay, so we kind of know what a brand is. We can do our brand personalities and figure out who we are. Then we've got the elements of that, which is making sure that our colors, our fonts, the words we use in our copy, all kind of fit together because all the elements need to kind of point in the same direction, don't they?
1: They they 100% do. And I always like to get my clients to do a bit of an exercise. Mm -hmm. where you map out every single touch point of your business and you'd be astounded as to how many touch points we have these days. (laughs) You know, back in the olden days and people would have an office or a shop front, that face-to-face would be the primary way of communicating or connecting. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you throw in telephones and now you throw in emails and now you throw in websites and blog posts and podcasts and social media and Mm. there are so many different ways that you can touch a client um, experience and so by mapping out every single one to say okay let's make sure that every time we answer the phone we know exactly that it's a a consistency that starts to happen so I there've been people that I phone them and and they just answer the phone hello (laughs) and I'm like oh my okay so hello is that ABC Plumbing? Yep. Uh, Sorry, who am I speaking to? Jim. Oh, hi, Jim. From a customer perspective, that whole experience is frustrating. Yeah. And if he had simply answered the phone, ABC Plumbing, this is Jim, boom, immediately there's a different experience there. And I go, okay, this guy's actually thought about, he's told me who he is, and I have a connection, I have a person's name to connect with. Yeah. So thinking about every single aspect, even down to your emails, the amount of email, like the amount of emails we send these days, right? But how do you start your email? Are you a dear Mr. Jones, dear John, hi John, hey John, hey, John, hey Johnny boy, good day yeah. mate? Like there are so <laughs> many ways that we can even start the salutation of an email. Yeah. Now, if you know your brand personality. It makes even the start of the email so much easier. And you just keep it consistent. That's all you have to do. It's not rocket science. Branding doesn't have to be hard, but it does have to be consistent. Mm. And that's the important part of it.
0: Yeah. And and that was actually going to be one of my questions. I think we've, you know, you're awesome, Deb. You're so passionate about this. (laughs) I love it. Um, Was once, once we've got our brand, once we've figured it out, how do we go about communicating that with the world because um, again I think you know the perception of brand and the way that a lot of marketers and business owners look at it is it something that you put on your ads or it's something that you put on whatever your marketing communications are but it's way more ingrained than that isn't it it's the little things even you know even subject lines even um, opt-in pages right let's say we've got a landing page on our website And we take a lot of time and we think a lot about the content on that landing page because it's got to motivate somebody to take an action, to do something. But what about the thank you page that comes up afterwards? That's so important because the minute I click submit, if I'm going to suffer from some kind of post-purchase or post-action dissonance, the first thing that pops up in front of me is, has the potential to either fix that or to make it worse. So it's the little details too, isn't
1: it? 100%. All of those, and you say, you know, branding is something that you do. It's actually infused. It's not you put it on. It's you infuse it in. You bring it to every element of your brand. And you're right. That that thank you page is another touch point. So looking at every area of it, is so vitally important for what you're going to be trying to achieve. So, when, when I, I speak to my customers about branding and how you bring the brand, you do need to have something like a brand strategy document, something that you can share with your entire team that maps out what your personality is what your why is, your purpose. I like to call it your purpose rather than your why. Um, What Mm -hmm. your promise is, um, all of your colors, your fonts, the language and tone, how you want to make people feel. If you've got a strategy document that has all of this information in place, it makes it so much easier to pass this around to your team, but also your team Mm -hmm. these days could be people that you outsource work to. Now, if they have the strategy mm. document that they can refer to, if they do something that is not uh, on brand, you can very easily pull them up. However, if they're not given this kind of structure and strategy mm-hmm. and they do something that is totally off brand and could damage your business or your reputation, you, you have no recall. Shame yeah. on you for not yeah. actually having right. shared this.
0: Yeah, exactly, and and for not, and I guess for not having made it important enough to want to communicate that with everybody. Um, I'm I'm going to ask you about brand strategy masterclass in a second. Um, we'll, we'll, I'll ask that to wrap up. But you you said something there that just resonated with me really strongly. You said branding isn't something you do. It's way more than that and it's deeper than that, isn't it? And so I think often we think about branding and communicating our brand as in communicating it with the outside world, but we need to, like the language we use, the way that we behave, all of those things, they need to be inside our business too. Hey, the way we speak to one another, the way we speak about our clients when nobody's listening, like it needs to be infused into everything, hey?
1: Yes. And that is where I talk a lot about brand culture the culture of the brand is so important. I think everybody at some point has experienced a toxic brand, um, a a toxic culture, where maybe people talk behind each other's backs or maybe you're not treated properly or you don't feel valued or you're um, white-anted or something happens within the business structure and you don't feel like you belong. That is culture. Now that is something that is very much part of your brand. Because if people, as I said, it's how they experience your brand. If people are your employees and they experience this terrible culture and they leave the business and they go somewhere else, I tell you what, they're telling people that. They're telling people about this experience. And so branding is infused in absolutely everything. I've actually just written a book about brand uh, personalities and culture is one thing that I bring in to say with each personality archetype, what kind of culture would you bring to that particular personality? So as an example, if you are the neighbor brand personality, which is down to earth, practical, reliable, dependable, roll up your sleeves, get involved, you know, you don't tend to have very much of a hierarchical type of business because that's not very much a neighbor style culture. However, if you are the ruler, the ruler is all about structure, order, stability. Mm -hmm. Having hierarchy, people who want to be in that organization, they love a hierarchy. They love the fact that they can climb the ladder. They like to know who's the boss and who to go to at particular areas of when you need any help or advice or whatever the case is so mm. you can see even there the culture becomes a massive part of your brand as well
0: yeah and and in um i think you mentioned earlier in attracting staff as well in attracting the right people yeah. um so your your book you've written oh. a book I knew I knew you had I knew you had a book previously, but this is another one. So um, I'm not sure exactly how, but we might give a copy of that away. So I'll I'll um, I will grab a copy of that book from you, and we will give it away to someone. And I will figure out how when we get off this call. Awesome. Um, what, what's it called? The name of your book?
1: It's called Brand Magic: How to Create a Brand with Personality. So it's actually in the pre-order stage at the moment. It is being launched on um, the 1st of November, which I'm very excited about. Awesome. Congrats. um, Yes. And what I will do as well for whoever um, the lucky winner is, we actually have a limited edition velvet box sleeve that the book will go into. And so whoever is your (laughs) lucky winner will get that and I will sign it as well.
0: Oh, Deb, that's awesome. Um, Okay, very exciting. So, people, stand by for how um, you're going to be able to win that. Okay, so before we wrap up, I want to ask you, people are sitting there, they understand the need for a brand, they're not really sure where to start. You've got a masterclass coming up. I do. so, So before I get you to pitch that, the brand personalities quiz everyone I will make sure that there is a link to that page in the show notes so anybody who wants to go through that can do it Um, but Deb tell us a bit about your masterclass
1: yeah so the masterclass is the brand magic masterclass Um, it is a 10 week online course where we will drop episodes or modules every week but I will also be getting on to zoom Every single week to answer questions, to go through additional elements of branding that people might need a little bit more help with. So it is me working side by side to help you create a really rock solid brand strategy. So we're going to go through, you're not actually going to design a logo or anything like that in it. This is more about creating the strategy, the piece behind that, Mm -hmm. so that when moving forward, you then know exactly what you want your brand to look, feel like, experience, all those amazing, beautiful elements Mm -hmm. that come into branding. Now, the, the incredible thing about a lot of your brand strategy is that you simply need to create the strategy around it. There are only two modules that actually require you to outsource and pay someone to do anything. And that would be uh, getting your logo, colors, fonts, all of that sort of thing organized. Mm -hmm. And the other one would be a website. Now, you could do them yourself, I guess, but this will give you so much structure around it that if you were to take it to somebody to develop for you, they will have such an amazing picture about what you're wanting to create with this brand. So we're going to be running that for 10 weeks. Uh, Doors open now for people Mm -hmm. to want to sign up. And we start on the 21st of september
0: awesome and and that's the missing piece i think will be the direction and the support that people need in order to build the strategy like you said a logo a website you can outsource that but you're not going to get the results that you want unless you've got a really well-defined strategy for those people to follow and then for how you go about rolling out your brand within all of your different communication channels um deb You haven't disappointed today. I always feel really inspired and motivated after I chat to you. Um, And it's been fabulous. You've been so generous with your time and with your knowledge. So thank you very, very much for joining us today. Um, Gang, there will be links to Brand Masterclass and there will be links to um, Brand Personalities in the show notes. So check them out. Debbie O'Connor, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you so
1: much for having me. I've had a ball.
0: You've been listening to the Help My Marketing podcast, where we make you a better marketer. Don't forget, if you'd like help with your marketing or advertising, reach out to us for a chat with one of our digital marketing experts. You can find us on Instagram at Orbit underscore marketing, on Facebook at Orbit Marketing Oz, or at www.orbitmarketing.com.au. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on the podcast next week.